Today's uh, sermon, therefore, is dedicated to you, young people. Like I want to send a shout out. So I'm sending a shout out to all of you, young people, today. It's very brief. And the title of my message this morning is Staging Your Life to Fulfill Purpose. If, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 will be our main text. We will read other verses as well. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1. I'll read it in different translations. The New King James Version reads, To everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. I'm going to focus on the second part of that verse. A time for every purpose under heaven. Everything has a season and everything has a purpose. And connected to that purpose of everything, there's this thing called time. You know, anything that God creates, and I know we are not things, but we are included there. Anyone that God creates, creates them for a purpose. Almost like what a manufacturer does when they manufacture a product. When a manufacturer manufactures a product, even before the product can be manufactured, they think about it and they sort of decide in their minds, in their heart, what the product will look like, but most importantly, the reason and the purpose for the product. Nothing is made for mahala. There's always a reason. When the manufacturers or the inventors of these heaters were thinking about making these heaters, in their minds, they had already decided what they're making and why they're making it. They had already decided what this is, the purpose that this heater is going to serve. They knew that this wasn't going to be used to cool your cold drink. They knew that. They, they knew this doesn't need to necessarily have wings to fly because that's not the purpose. The purpose is to heat up and give us some heat. For that reason, every manufacturer, every creator, every inventor, even before they can make the product, they've already decided its purpose. So in other words, the purpose of this product came before the product was manufactured. So this product came because there's a purpose. It didn't just land here because, you know, the manufacturer didn't know what to do. You know, you, so, you, you, so the same thing with God. When God created you, he says to Jeremiah, before I formed you, I knew you. So you were there in the heart and the mind of God before your mom and dad got it all if you know what I mean. I know some of you church people, you want to act like you don't know what I'm talking about. You are the reason why. Anyhow, let's not go there. You are in church. Yeah. In other words, regardless of the circumstances that may have surrounded my birth, whether I was a mistake, whether somebody forced themselves on my mom, whatever the reasons were, doesn't matter where my parents were, in a car, Come on now, don't give me that look. You know what I'm talking about. Whether they were at home or hanging from the chandelier, God was involved. Tell your neighbor, God was involved. Yeah, you came here for a reason. You came here for a purpose. And this scripture tells us that attached to your purpose, there is this thing called time. In other words, you have a purpose to fulfill but you don't have forever to do it. What's your own deserve? 
So the sooner you connect with your purpose and get busy with your purpose, the better for you and the better for everybody else out there in the world. Everything God does, there's a purpose to it. Amazing. Think about this. Everything in life has a purpose. There's a purpose why the moon is there, why the stars are there. Even the mosquito has a purpose. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you, you look around here in many areas now, you know, and more in Sovetimon, we have all these rodents running around. Big ones, eh? Not small ones, eh? Just big ones. You know? And you know, we can use pesticides, poison, whatever, to try and get rid of them. But you know, there's a natural way that God created to control their population growth. God put certain animals out there, like the cats, but I think these rodents are too big for them. I saw some cats look at them and say, ay, 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 ay. <laughs> Not today, maybe next time. <laughs> but we also have the owls. You know, some of the birds that are there, they, they eat these rodents. So when we kill the owls and say, somebody umpons it, then we are, we are destroying. We, we, are, we are affecting the, 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 the balance of the ecosystem. Our world today is suffering a lot because there are certain species that are no longer there. And their absence is affecting the equilibrium that God had put in place. Everything has a purpose. Even the smallest thing. There's a reason why God has put this hair in your nostrils. Reason. There's a reason why you have wax in your ears. I know you may not like all the wax in your ears, but the wax in your ears is, is, is meant to trap the dust so that the dust doesn't make it all the way into your inner ear lest your inner ear gets damaged. There's a reason why you, you've got eyebrows. And you know, ladies, I must ask you a question. I really, man, you, you, you must give me that chance. I've got to ask you a question. I, I must ask you a question. I've never understood why you shave off these eyebrows that God has given you and you draw false one. Now I know the ladies, you've got to look beautiful, right? No problems. And we like them, okay? So we like you like that. Don't worry. Mara, please draw the right one. Some of the ladies, the way they draw. Woo! When you look at it, you say, no, I, I see him. I'm sorry. <laughs> Everything God created, create, he created with a purpose in mind. Purpose is the reason for existence. You know, it's quite interesting that even some of these very beautiful flowers, when you think about it, God didn't create them for beauty. You know, studies are revealing that some of these beautiful, colorful flowers, that there are certain insects that eat those flowers. And further studies have revealed that these insects, you know, can't see all colors. They can see that particular color. So, so that, the, that, the, that, the, that the plant has a certain color, there's a purpose to it. Because there are certain insects that eat that. They get their sustenance from that particular plant or flower. So you were created to fulfill purpose and therefore your birth was not an accident. God only used your parents to deliver purpose into the world. 
Now when I'm looking at you, I'm seeing purpose. Tell your neighbor, I'm, see, I'm sitting next to purpose. Yeah, tell your neighbor, you are sitting next to purpose. I'm not just... Yeah. But then as human beings, there are five questions that we need to answer. If we're going to successfully fulfill our purpose or if we're going to be a success in the world. These questions, almost everybody asks them silently. You know, you may ask them aloud, but these are some underlying questions that people have. And let me give you these questions. These five questions, we, may, we ask them subconsciously. And every human being in the world, no matter who they are, ask themselves these questions. The first question we are trying to grapple with as human beings is, who am I? Who am I? And I'm not really talking about name and surname. But I'm talking about identity. Who am I? Who am I? Very important question. Next question people are asking themselves is, where do I come from? Some people have some theories where we come from. And by the way, all these questions the Bible does answer. Where do I come from? Third question we ask ourselves is, why am I here? Then the fourth question is, what can I do? It's a question of, ab- about our abilities and about our talents. Everybody wants to use their talents and their abilities. We all want to express ourselves somehow. What can I do? And then the fifth question is, where am I going? Whether once on this earth or if there's life beyond the grave, which we believe there is, where am I going? It's a question of my destination or my destiny or my future. And these questions, because they are so important, is very vital for every one of us that every day we live, we find a way to connect with our purpose and live out our purpose. David understood that so well. And in Psalms 90 verse 12, he says to God, so teach us to number our days so that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Let me read to you that in other translations. The Knox translation reads, teach us to count every passing day till our hearts find wisdom. David is saying the secret to living out a life of purpose is to take care of what you do on a daily basis. That's the secret. So God, please help me. Teach me to number my days. The New English Bible says, teach us to order our days rightly. In other words, I can live in such a way that I order my day rightly. I do what's right that day. It says that we may enter the gate of wisdom. The Living Bible says, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. You know, it's only as you get older that you realize that, hey, time is not easy. You, 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 you realize when you go to the mall, somebody says, uh, and you look around, and you realize they're talking to you, and you didn't realize. <laughs> In fact, we were, we were laughing, my wife and I, you know, many of the young people here, they're just like our own children, you know, we, we love them so much, and they, we know their birthdays, or they come and tell us, hey, yeah, I'm 15 today, I'm 16, and I'm 18, and, I, and I'm 20, and I'm 21, and after 21, they never tell us. <laughs> They never say anything. <laughs> and some of them, when we meet them and say, happy 23rd birthday, you see by the way they look at you and say, ah, why did you remember? Because <laughs> all of a sudden they realize, I'm growing up. I'm getting old. 
But you see, the secret to a life that is lived, fulfilling purpose, lies in your daily agenda. What you do every day. In Shitsonga, this is how it reads. He kokwalao, he don't isikusaya masiku, yakuhanya kahina. Kutani hitakumabutari. Sisuti sir uri rutehobala matati aruna kamu kwa oreka fishalampi lu echalifilenkaona. So this some tells us every day counts by using it widely. So if, if every day counts, listen to this, this is important. If every day counts, if the secret to the success and the prosperity of my life or me fulfilling destiny or living out purpose lies in what I do every day, therefore failure or success can never be a coincidence. It means life is shaped not by the big occasion. But life is shaped by how we handle each day. I mean today, today, this day that God's given to us as a gift, we've all made decisions. You decided to come to church on this cold day. Some people decided to go to the mall. Some people are playing golf. Some people are still sleeping. And they're going to wake up when you come back from church and you must do the cooking. So you see, in this world where there's inequality and there's a lot of inequality in the world, there's only one thing where nobody is marginalized that's in terms of the amount of time we have. All of us in terms of time, we have 24 hours in a day. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what social status you come from, 24 hours in a day. All of us, we have 365 and a quarter days a year, 52 weeks in a year. Leap year, 366 days in leap year. And the question is, what do you do with those days? Because with those same days, there are people who make a success of their lives, but in the same time that's allocated, there are those who do not. Now, I'm, 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 I'm aware of other factors, by the way, all right? I know, I understand if you are born in certain situations, whatever, I'm, I'm considering that. But all things being equal, even in communities that have difficult backgrounds. You know, with our program of Achievers Awards, it, it always amazes me, you know, when we, when we honor and recognize the achievements of our young people. And some of these young people who get straight A's in metric, if you were to know their background. I mean, that young man that we gave an award to several years ago, I still talk about him today. Matimba Masunga. I don't know how many of you remember Matimba. You know? Lived out more. He used to go to a school here in Shawela, but he lived in an informal settlement this side of the Val. You know? He used to catch a train from uh, uh, Orange Farm. He'd be Stratford Station. Catch a train from Stratford Station. And Atote Ochabomo Shawela Mo. Every morning, and he'd make sure he's at school by seven in the morning. Because at home, you know, they live in a shack. There's no extra room. There's nowhere to study. So he'd come and study here at school. Yeah. Yeah. Seven o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. All the way, all the way, all the way from Stratford. Get on a train. Be at school. Seven o'clock. Put in an hour of study. Then attend class. Then they used to dismiss at 2 o'clock when all the young people went home, he stayed behind. So from 2 o'clock until 5 o'clock, he would do extra studies. Yeah. I don't know what he's doing now. Is he still at the vets? 
He's an engineer, qualified engineer. Yeah, qualified engineer. Yeah, qualified engineer. Watch this now. Same orange farm, same disadvantaged background, but he decided what he does with his day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was talking with Dr. Elijah Maswanga. Please, I'm not saying this lightly. Please understand me. But I need to say this. It's important. That you were born in a good background is not a foregone conclusion that your life will turn out well. There are people who are born with privilege all around them, but they just don't know how to use what has been given to them. They don't know how to order their days rightly. But at the same time that you are born in a difficult background is not a foregone conclusion that your life should become a failure. Yeah, you may have to work harder than other people. You may have to do more. Oh, come on now, somebody in the house. You may have to do more than other people. Marok Salah, you will get there. And David says, if I'm going to fulfill purpose, I've got to know how to number my days. Now, all of us, there are three important factors that affect our day, all of us. Three of them. First thing that affects our, our days is that each one of us, each, each of us, our days has external influences that we cannot control. All right? So sometimes, you know, you, know, you, you can plan something good. You know, you plan a wedding. You know, you want to have the wedding of the year. So you outsource this events company, and they come up with a great idea that it would be even nicer if you had your wedding somewhere in the garden, Sky Kai. These botanical gardens, and they set up everything, and you pay premium amounts, and they set up everything. The day of the wedding comes, and uh, it's supposed to start at 2 o'clock, and at 1 o'clock, the weather decides to change. And at 2 o'clock, it rains, cats and dogs, and everything is wiped out. A day is like that. There's not much that we can do. All of us, we have days like that. Kimona with the Cricket World Cup. There's a day when they didn't play. Thank you, weather. You helped, you helped South Africa. <laughs> hey. Secondly, we all have unpredictable circumstances. Therefore, the Bible in Psalms 27, in Proverbs 27 rather, tells us not to boast about tomorrow. You see, the only certainty you have is about now. You can't bank on tomorrow because oftentimes tomorrow doesn't come for people. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So if you want to live in wisdom, if you want to be wise, is that if you know what God's talking to you about and if this is the right time to make the decision, make the decision now. Oh my goodness. Make the decision today to connect to Christ. Make the decision today to give your life to Christ. Make the decision today. Don't wait for tomorrow. We have no certainty about tomorrow. So the Bible says, you know, today if you hear his voice, he says, don't harden your heart. Don't bank on tomorrow. I know all of us, our hearts are quite heavy. And so is mine, you know, with the young people that are passing on in the music industry. Very young. Through different reasons. And, and you find that not too long before that day came, they were interviewed and somebody asked them, what are you going to be doing next year? 
And as they were talking there, they didn't know that they may not see next year. So the Bible tells us that, you know, whatever is in your power to do today, do it. Some of you have an opportunity today to go tell your dad how much you love him. Even if he may not have behaved in the right way. Do it today. Do it today. Because sometimes on the day of funeral, sometimes when we cry, there's more to the crying than meets the eye. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're thinking about things that we could have done, we should have done, and we didn't do it, but now it's too late. We never said, I'm sorry. We never said, I love you. They're unpredictable things. And thirdly, here's what I like, and I said it before. We all have equal hours in a day. So let's ask this question as we're about to conclude in about 10 minutes. How then do we stage our life to fulfill our God-assigned purpose? How do we do it? I want to make a few suggestions. Number one, consult with God on your God-given passions and identify them. The Bible tells us in Psalms 37 verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now that word desire is not just a, just you like something, but all of us are passionate about something. There are things that we feel strongly about and we want to give our life to that. I mean, there's things that people do, it's very difficult for, for one to understand. Why must somebody give their life to do that? And they are so passionate about that particular thing. They do it so well. They do it with so much passion. You know? And, 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 and when you look at what they're doing, you wonder. I mean, there are people who love the, the wild. They, they love wild animals. They like looking after them. They like being grubby and, and being among the animals. Even if it's dangerous, they don't mind. Some of them says, look, if, I'm, if, I'm, if this animal is my, is my grave, so be it. And I'm thinking, why must you do that? <laughs> but they have a passion. Everybody here, you have a passion. Whatever area. There's something God has placed in your head. And your passion might not just be in one area. It could be two or three different areas. And whatever you do, when you do it, you, you, you sense that, you know, this is what I was born for. Number two. Let your imagination or intuition generate ideas. In other words, whatever area that you're passionate about, God will ensure that you are creative in that area. Matthew 12, 35, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. I know there's a way to interpret that, but there's a broader definition. We are able to become creative and generate ideas. Number three, commit to a specific or challenging plan or vision. Commit to it. Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, people perish. So have a vision. Have a vision for your life. Don't leave your life to chance or luck. No. Plan. If we are God bless you. If we are God still bless you. Have a plan. Have a vision for your life. Number four. Whatever vision it is, break it down into small steps. In Mark chapter 4, verse 28, Jesus explains that when the seed grows, I love it, the earth brings forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, 
after that, the full corn in the ear. Jesus says, when a seed grows, you know, it, it, there's a process to it. You don't find a full-grown tree. It starts as a small thing. The same way with the vision God's given you. Start with the small things. You know, one of the things that's often surprised me as I've sometimes spoken with, you know, uh, in several places when leaders are trying to do this, build a building and so on, some of them I've talked to them and I've said to them, you know, don't, don't take these giant steps. You know, you know faith, faith is not presumption and it's not foolishness. You know, you know, you know f- true faith is not jumping from a building and say, God, catch me. God will look at you and say, well, you're not going to land in peace, but in pieces. <laughs> you know, faith, faith is not just dreaming up something and just jumping into nothingness. No, but come on. But of course, you've got to stretch yourself. You've got to believe for something more than where you are. However, you've got to take calculated risks and take it in steps. I was sharing to one pastor. I said, look, you know, because I, I, you know, it was, I was challenged by the way they were doing it. You know, when, you know, you know when, 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 you, when you are earning, and I'll just use a rough example. When you are earning 1,000 rents, right, and, and you go into debt, and, and, and you, have, you have this debt of 999 rents. That, that is not wise. That's not wise. Because, because if one small annual problem happens, you are in trouble. So I said to him, look, have a debt of 500 rents. But then pay 800 rents. Yeah. Don't, don't stretch yourself to a point that if, if, oh, Holakadi 27, Haisa 27, hey! Look at your neighbor and say, you are laughing out of revelation. I can see. Hmm? Don't play like, no. Believe for more. Believe to do more. Mara, Oskai gets us so tight that you can't move. You know, if you're trying to build a building and you have a congregation of about 200, don't build a 10,000-seater auditorium. No. Build, build an auditorium that sees 200 people. If more comes, have a second service. Amen. Oh, you don't want to say amen to my sermon. <laughs> so you've got to know how to take your vision in steps. Take one step at a time. Because not brethren, when you take one step and you fulfill one step, you become more confident. Your faith level grows. You learn how to trust God more. You can take the next steps. Can I hear an Amen. Now, I don't know if this is how it applies, but I think that's why the Bible says the steps of a good man. God orders you in steps, not in a leap. Can you imagine if I tried to move from here to move down there? Huh? Can you imagine if I tried to take one? Hey, can you imagine? Take it one thing at a time. Can I hear an amen? And finally... As you move in your vision, improvise on the way. What I mean by that is that as you go about fulfilling your purpose, there are some adjustments that you may have to make. Certain things may not happen in the record time that you put. Or they may not come in the way you were expecting. Maroksalayo, as long as you are fulfilling purpose. Remember, where you are in your life right now, is not who you are really. There's more that God wants to do. That's why when Paul prayed, it's amazing in Ephesians 3 when he 
he talks about it, he ends by saying, God is able to do exceeding abundantly. Above. I get tautology. God is able to do exceeding abundantly. Above all that we ask or think, not according to the power that works in us. It's the power of God that works in us. And God's able to do exceeding abundantly. He says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion. Till the day of Jesus Christ. Come on, if you believe that, give the Lord a big hand here. So stage your life for that purpose and take all those steps and live up to the fullness of your calling. Shall we bow our heads, please, as we pray? Father, we thank you today for your word, which is a lamp to our feet, a light on our path. It's the entrance of your word that brings light, that gives understanding to the simple. We give you glory. Thank you for being a gracious God, a God who loves us, a God who's always there for us. And today, we make a decision to stage our lives to fulfill purpose, being fully confident of this fact, that what you have begun in us, you'll bring it to completion. Just raise your hands with us. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we bless your holy name. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship. As we bless you. Tell him this morning. You are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. No one else like you. You are great, you do miracles so great, there is no one else like you. No one else like you. There is no one else like you. I heard somebody say, you know, when you look at us, we are just like a miracle on two feet. God made you and brought you into this world. He was bringing into this world. Someone through him, God wants to fulfill purpose. And we need to connect with that purpose. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes all over. Even in those who are among, in the churches where people are streaming. As we conclude, I want to give you a chance, my dear friend. To connect with Jesus Christ today. To give your life to him. 
that he should be the savior and the Lord of your life. See, our life starts with him. He is the one who changes us, makes us to be God's children. And today, as you have been listening to God's word and as we've been worshiping, praising God, you note that your life is really not pleasing before God. You don't need to go home with that sense of guilt or condemnation. You can come to God just as you are. You can ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart to be the Savior and the Lord of your life. I want to give you that opportunity. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed, please. Right where you are, if you say, please pray for me. I want to invite Jesus Christ into my life, into my heart. My life is not pleasing before God. Instead of postponing, instead of trying to put confidence on tomorrow, I want to make that decision right now. Today, as I hear the voice of God speak to me, I want to make a decision that Christ should come into my heart. If that is you, right where you are, my brother, my sister, and you need the prayer, would you raise your hand, please, right where you are. Just raise it up. Even among those who are streaming, wherever you are, just raise it high. We want to pray with you. Just raise it up. I want to invite Jesus Christ into my life to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. Just raise up your hand right where you are. Let's pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Thank you, Lord. If you've raised your hand, would you just stand on your feet, please, right where you are. We need to pray together. Just stand on your feet. Just stand on your feet. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See, this is a place where we don't need to be ashamed. We don't need to be afraid. We bring our broken lives to God. There's no need for any shame. This is why a church is there. This is why we gather like this. We gather here as a people who needs the intervention of God's grace in our lives. Even in those churches where you are streaming, if you could stand on your feet, please, right where you are, we want to pray with you. May I ask all of you who are standing, if you could take all your belongings, please, and just make your way to the front. I want to pray with you, please. Just come right where you stand. Those of you who are streaming, walk to the front of that building as well. We want to pray with you. Give them a big hand as they come. Take that bold step today. Take that bold step today. Come, let's pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come, young man. Come, my brother. Shall we all stand on our feet, please?